0: Hello, friends, and welcome to the First Loved Podcast. Well, another summer story. Back in the early part of June, 7 through 9, we had a First love weekend where that's what we're entitling it these days, that it's a two-day or three-day taste-and-see weekend to experience God's love up close and personal like the disciples did through Jesus. Well, anyway, we've really appreciated my daughter twice a year. She and her husband and my other son and daughter-in-law They would come to our house, and I would go there, and we could host 12 people. So it would go Friday night until Sunday lunchtime. So grateful to Julia for doing that for us. So this was kind of special, our last time, and we had all 12 spots filled. And then five days before, Sunday afternoon, I get a text from somebody who had been talking to me about coming for a whole year. And how excited he was and coming with his wife and to say that stuff had come up with their kids and at work and that he had to pull out. And I was like, oh, God, I was so looking forward to this. And, uh, OK, we got 10. Let's see if we can fill up those two spaces. Well, we weren't able to. but We thought, OK, well, 10 still good. Well, then partway through the week, another couple that were coming, one of the spouses felt the need to pull out. And then on Friday, when I called the other spouse to come, said that he couldn't come because he really needed to stay home with his wife. And I went, are you kidding me? This is an hour before we start. So now we went to eight. And then there was this another couple that I was doing premarital counseling with and just enjoying them so much and so looking forward to them come. And 20 minutes before starting time, we get a text and it was terrible news that Her grandmother was actually hit by a car and was in the hospital with life-threatening injuries. And so they couldn't come, that they were at the hospital and would be there for the weekend. And so it was really hard. You know, here we are just 15 minutes away from starting, and we went from 12 to 6. (laughs) And I'm like, all these people, I was so looking forward to them coming, really having to fight through and push through the sadness. But the Lord really touched us and said, you know, here we go, we're going to do this. And so that night we got started and it was awesome. It was so much fun hanging around with people on Friday night. And then Saturday we launched in, but then we only had two groups, two groups with three people in them. (laughs) But nonetheless, it was really great. It was fun. But what I wanted to tell you was just the remarkable thing that God does of putting both participants and facilitators together. And that Terry Brady, who oversees that process, gets people praying about it. It's just remarkable how many times that works out in such a way that it is so obvious. I'm gonna tell you another one in the next podcast that also happened recently. Anyway, it was just so obvious that God had put us all together, um, the six of us, me and, and my assistant facilitator and the group. But as we're going along, one of the guys that were there, the one couple that was still there, again another couple that I was so looking forward to, but he's a profoundly gifted worship leader and very much in likeness and style to me. And I remembered on Friday night and Saturday morning we were doing worship and he wasn't worshiping. I was like, wow, Lord, what's what's going on? And I knew some stuff had happened some months back. So as we're in group And especially as he's hearing the synonym, antonym version, the Lord just touched him and melted his heart and began to weep and just a ton of that hurt and pain just got poured out and we were able to love him and comfort him. When we got to the measuring stick thing in the afternoon, oh my gosh, the painful, painful things that were on that stick that people had said, he was so hurt and so wounded But once again, the Lord met him and touched him, several of the other people in the room. But you know, the coolest thing was that I've broken the stick a lot of times over the years. And I thought I was pretty close, if not done, (laughs) that I wasn't trying to measure up anymore or whatever. But apparently when I shared the teaching, I must have said something about it. But years ago, when I was younger, I was writing songs, young worship leader, especially when I was in college. We stopped at home at the house of who now is my brother-in-law, his parents, and we'd stop there in Jersey on the way home, and then we'd finish the rest of the way to Massachusetts. And this particular time, though, we showed up, they have this beautiful grand piano, and his mom was a professional opera singer at the time. But I'm all excited about this new song that I've written, and so I get on the piano, sing my heart out, and Everybody seemed to enjoy it and then they leave the room and she remained behind and she says to me Mark she says that was nice but you know as one who's in the music field professionally and I know how hard it is you know you know there's really thousands of people who can sing better than you and play better than you and write better than you and you know I just want to kind of help keep things in perspective for you you know so that you're not disappointed or whatever well I know she was trying to be nice, but it was crushing to me, just crushing to me, and especially somebody that I saw as having some measure of authority as a singer and an opera singer. And lo and behold, as the enemy would have it, (laughs) that night, some of you hopefully have seen this movie. If you haven't, it's a very powerful movie called Amadeus, and it's the story of Mozart and this other songwriter, Salieri who had been the king's composer, I think it was. And then Mozart comes along and just can create these masterpieces, almost on a whim, it seemed like, where this other guy would work and work and work and work. And there's this one embarrassing moment where he had worked so hard, he sits and he plays the thing and it's okay. And Mozart goes over to the piano and goes, that was a nice little ditty. Not so bad, but what if you... And then he starts going... And he just turns the thing into this gigantic, like, crazy thing. And poor Salier is just sitting there like, okay, this is beyond embarrassing. And that he's just making this up when he had spent weeks or months maybe creating this tune. And so he becomes incredibly embittered toward Mozart. But at the end of the movie, he's in an insane asylum. And that's where you realize that he's telling this whole story from the insane asylum So the movie finishes where the story's being told with him. And at the end, though, the guy starts pushing Salieri down the hallways, and he starts blessing people with mediocrity. And I bless you with mediocrity. We are all mediocre, and you are mediocre, and mediocrity. And it's like he looked right out at the screen and spoke that into the depths of my soul. And I owned it. I just went, yep, that's true. She told me that. He's telling me that. You know, if you can't be as good as Mozart, why bother? It crushed me. And eventually there came a point where I vowed I would never, ever play and sing as long as I lived. And I was at a year's length of time when through the measuring stick, God really touched me and said, no, but Mark, I've gifted you a certain way to use your voice in playing and singing for other purposes. So I started doing it again. But here was the wildest thing is that one of the guys in our group had been trained as an opera singer and he teaches music at high school and choral groups and his dad was a famous organist and it's his turn to do the stick but he's sitting there and he's got the stick in his hand with the bottom of it on his knee so it almost looks kind of like a scepter a little bit you know and we say okay so it's your turn and he starts and then he pauses and he goes no it's your turn and he looks at me and I go okay what do you mean? And he says, I feel like the Lord wants me to say to you by the authority invested in me as a good musician, as a good singer, I want to tell you, you're good. And beyond that, God's gifted you and you think what you do is normal and everybody can just do what you do. But I'm telling you, it's pretty rare. And he's given you a specific thing that's very special and that you would minimize it by occasionally thinking that you're mediocre and so, I just tell you, you need to renounce that. You need to kill that once and for all, because I'm telling you, and the Lord's telling you, that's not true. And then I just started ball, <laughs> And so, I had to borrow a piece of somebody else's stick so I could break the thing. <laughs> and then we took it up to the fire pit that night, and it was just such a joy to throw that word and that stick into the fireplace and go, Lord, never again. Never again will I engage that thought, that idea, that word, and I will walk in the joy of how you've made me and how you have me use music for the sake of others. So he totally surprised me, which was so fun. He blessed the worship leader guy so that the next morning I said, Bro, would you lead worship? And he says, Well, shouldn't you? Because that was part of it too, was that, you know, the Lord just confirmed that you've got a gifting and you should I said, No. I said, the Lord touched you too. I want you to lead. And he led, and it was so powerful. It was so amazing. And it was just such a joy to just sit back and be a worshiper along with them. We were incredibly blessed. In the living room, it just was alive. It was dynamic and prayers going on. And we're sharing verses and prophecy and we're praying for healing and with sons and daughters. And it was alive and dynamic. And my friend, he just led us into the thing. Well, finally, we got around and we were doing testimonies. Oh, and by the way, we were doing the God-sighting thing the next morning. He start, He's going to read the how much more, I think it was. Maybe it was even the measuring stick. I can't remember which one it was now, but all I know, Susan, Susan was my co-facilitator. And before he even gets to start, Susan says, You're a pastor. You're a worship leader. The Lord's telling me, you need to own that. You need to know that. And he starts sobbing out of control. And I can't remember if it was the love or the God sighting or the measuring stick, but all I know is when we finished, he's wiping his eyes, his nose, and we start to move on to the next person. And he reaches down and picks up his book. And then he goes, wait, wait. Oh my gosh, you got to look at this. You got to look at this. And we go, what? He says, look at what I wrote. I didn't even realize what I wrote, but look at what I wrote. And everything that Susan had said and others had said prophetically to him were exactly in the thing God had said to him alone. But now he gets to hear it through all these other voices, the exact same message. Oh my gosh, we were like totally blown away. So I'm thrilled for him, but I'm wondering how his wife's doing. And she's in the other group across the way. So testimony time comes. Well, I married them some years back. I can't remember how far, maybe four or five years ago, something like that very painful situation between her and her father, and so much so that they had to ask dad and therefore mom to not come to the wedding. I mean, that's a serious thing. And had people on the periphery to make sure he didn't try to come because he had a history of ruining things all the time. So during her love verse time, she's doing the one that, how great is the love that I, your father, have lavished on you that you are my child, my daughter. And she got really touched by that and thought, well, that would be nice. But then my facilitator, Peter, who knew nothing about her story, nothing about her history, comes over to her, grabs her hands and says, the Lord wants to say this to you. I would like, beloved daughter, to have a father-daughter wedding dance with you. And she loses it. And Pete's like, oh no, is this okay? What's up? It doesn't know. And I don't think she knew the level of pain to not have that father-daughter dance. And so she finally stops crying. And then he just takes her in his arms and he hums. And they just dance around the room together. And when she's telling the testimony, she goes like, I know God loves his people, but I've always wondered if he knew me. No." Outside of you, Mark and Rob, nobody knew this. And God said, I know you need healing. (laughs) So let me give you that father daughter dance in an embodied way through Peter, right? It was so doggone powerful. I mean, everybody's at the table bawling their eyes out. I mean, it was crazy powerful. Well, then we had people fill out the surveys and fill out the questionnaire thing and whatnot. Well, then one of the facilitators, two people came that were from her small group. And so the next day, they start texting one another. And then she said, Mark, I have to call you and tell you what they've been writing because it's so cool. And so she got permission from them to write. it. And this one guy, one, the, one of the guys that came, profoundly introverted and wasn't sure, doesn't like to be around people. When he found out we were in a small group, he nearly freaked, you know. And, but he said, no, I'm going to stay. I'm going to do this. Well, he writes, I firmly believe that this weekend was so much more than a one-time thing, but rather an introduction to some amazing tools for rewiring the way our brains think about God's love. So I can imagine that Satan wants to shut that down. Every Christian needs to do it. And they were recognizing they were feeling some backlash, right? Well, then this other gal writes back, It really was such an amazing weekend, and I know I need to be focused on being loved and loving others. It was the most amazing thing I have experienced in easily 10 plus years. I fully agree with my brother. I wish all of you would go because it creates a shift in your mindset. And I honestly feel like my perspective of God's love has just blown my socks off. I could probably talk about it all day and text way too much, but I felt, in caps, so, so, so blessed by the weekend and even waking up today. God showed up in a big way that was true to his scripture and not creepy. It was safe and loving and true and undeniably, in caps, HIM at work. The timing of this for me was ridiculously good. It made me think a lot about how we do church and how if we could truly grab hold of God's love for us, Our lives would change, and how we do church would be radically different. I don't know what all this means for me, but I'm praying about it because I think it's going to be a weekend I look back on for a long, long time and the start of something new in my life. You can't beat that, (laughs) right? That's That's why we do what we do, because we also believe. We believe that behind all of this is that God could change the church, one quiet time at a time if we'd actually want to start spending time that we'd encounter God in such a profound way that then when we gathered in really small groups micro groups somebody called them or normal small groups or when you go to church whatever it is that you're looking to love as loved friends it would be a revival it would it would change things it would certainly change the possibility that the unbelieving world around us would actually see God, be drawn to Him and say, we know those are Christians because of the way they love. Well, if you haven't been to a weekend, maybe you did it some time ago, I want to encourage you, let us know. Because sometimes we have open ones and not open ones. But again, just send us. Get on firstloveministries.org. Let us know your interest and we will find a way to get one of our retreats happening so you could come, but especially bring somebody so that they can experience with you, so that you can continue in the practice with each other. So right now, even these two people that were from that home group, they're trying to connect with each other regularly to start working the practices into their lives. Well, anyway, hope you were encouraged. Hope you were blessed. God is so good. Love you. Have a great day.